Hey, welcome to 35 Years Podcast. I'm Cassie, the adoptee. I'm Lily, birth mom. Today we're going to be talking about why I was one of five, not the oldest, but the only one placed for adoption. So in order to do that, we're going to take it all the way back to Lily's childhood just to give some backstory. Um, And that's where we'll start. So start us off there. Okay, this is going to be a hard one because I have to talk about things that I'm probably not too happy to talk about, but it's the only way to kind of understand. And, you know, we've decided we wanted to be 100% transparent here. So I was born to a mother that was very unhappy I was being born. She already had three children. And then I came along and as she described it, kind of ruined everything. And she spent the rest of, well, she spent my whole youth reminding me that daily. Um, And so I became a very broken kid. You know, my mom didn't want any children, which has come out in the end, but I think I was like the, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. And so um, she never missed a chance of letting me go. And I was such an incredibly broken kid. It could have gone one or two uh, two ways for me being that broken. I could have sunk into myself. Like my sister, my oldest sister said she did. She just kind of sunk into herself. Or me, I went the opposite way. I became loud and trying to prove that I was worthy of love and that, um, that I could be loved. And, you know, I was so broken that like, I wet the bed till I was in sixth grade. I was bullied horribly in elementary school because the kids recognized that I was just a completely broken kid. And so I went everywhere looking for love. And so, you know, when you become a teenager and you, and you're doing things, um, desperate for love, I met who would be my first husband and the father of my first child, your older sister. And I was 17 when we got married and I had her. But unfortunately, I did not know how to love or be loved because I never had it in my childhood. And, um, you know, there are some people out there that can get married at 17, can have children at 17 and do it wonderfully. I just wasn't one of them. So... Our marriage didn't last. Um, We were together for two years and, you know, at 19, then I'm getting divorced. And that's when I met your birth father, Scott. And we were together for a very short time and I was pregnant with you and I had nowhere to go. I had been staying with friends and it wasn't a good situation. I was, you know, just making broken mistakes And so I went to live with my parents who were living um, at my uncle's ranch in Texas. They, they were living there um, temporarily and um, it was in the middle of nowhere, literally in the middle of nowhere in East Texas. I had no car. I had nothing. Well, my mom was a person who absolutely controlled everything. She, she lived a life of anger and bitterness. Um, she would teach people about Jesus, but I, I don't think that what Jesus could do for your life. And so she just lived this life of trying to control everything and not giving it to God. 
So she decided um, that you were going to be placed for adoption. And because, you know, because I had made so many mistakes, you know, it was out of hurt. It was out of um, being broken. But, you know, here I am now coming home divorced. I already had a child and I'm pregnant again and there's no dad in sight. You know, put that on top of her already not wanting me around and not loving me and all that. You know, I I was kind of stuck. It was just another problem for her to deal with. Right. That's how she, yeah. 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 And, um, she, so she made that decision. There was, it was a decision I could not fight. I was broken. I had nothing. I could not, I mean, I, there was nothing for me and she made that decision. So after that, then I kind of, um, kind of lost it even more because then now I've placed a child for adoption that I did not want to. And still looking to be loved, I met another guy and um, we went out on a couple of dates. And and on one of the dates we were out, we went to his house. And then um, if anyone knows Texas, it has these ice storms and you get stuck for like a few days, you know, last a few days. And an ice storm. We have no infrastructure. Right. (laughs) Right. Everything stops. Right. The world stops. Yeah. And so I got stuck at his house and I called my mom and I I said, you know, I'm stuck, the ice storm. And she was angry, but you know, what are you going to do? We can't drive. So two days later, the roads were good enough for, um, to drive on. And his mother actually was going grocery shopping or something. And she said, well, I'll drive you home. You know, I lived, it, it was quite a distance. It was like 40 miles. And she said, I'll drive you home. And he went along with us and he walked me to the door and I walked in the house and my mother met me at the door and she went into full attack mode of you're no good. You're, you know, all these horrible things. And he just kind of looked at me and said goodbye and walked out the door. And I went to my bedroom. Five minutes later, there was, the doorbell was ringing and I went and it was him. And he said, get your stuff and come with me. You don't deserve this treatment. And I was thinking, this is a good guy. This is my savior. I'm getting out of here. I'm not, you know, I'm running from it again. And I got my stuff and left. And I moved in. He actually lived with his mom at the time. We were 20, 21. I was 21, I guess. And um, I moved in and within a couple of months, we were like, okay, we're going to be together. And we got married. Two weeks after we got married, the physical abuse started and it, it was bad. And then within a few months, I get pregnant again. And, um, I lived in that for a very long time and in, you know, four years I lived in that because my mother was like, you're not coming home again. Um, my father, unfortunately would not stand up to my mother. She ran everything. And so for four years I had, I was stuck in that and I had nowhere to go. Again, we lived in the middle of nowhere and he wouldn't allow me to get a job. I couldn't do anything. So I'm there with now your second sister and protecting her. He drank, he did drugs and I did none of that. And I was kind of stuck in the middle. I'm like, here, here, I have made this choice again. And I'm like stuck. So then one night, um, he held a gun to my head and I said, that's it. 
that's it. I've got to get out. And my father at that moment stood up to my mother and said, enough, she's coming home. And so um, by that time they had moved to another town and they had this home that I think I stayed in for maybe a week. And my mother was just, it was just difficult. She was angry, you know, and I get her being angry at me at that point. Um, She never gave me the understanding of, I I was so broken in making these choices. Um, And I, you know, so they had bought another house that they were fixing up, but like a big, beautiful, like plantation home. But the house was kind of falling apart when they bought it. But there was one little tiny apartment on the back of the house that was semi livable, mostly livable. And so I moved into there and, um, I had your sister with me and your first sister was going back and forth between me and her father. And I went to college and I buckled down and I worked hard and it was horrible because there's my mom treating me the way she's treating me. I'm still not whole. I'm still kind of a mess, but I'm, I'm like, this child is not going to go through what my first child went through or what Cassie went through. I am going to do this. So it was like a really hard decision, but I did it. I got, went through college, got a good career, um, still making bad choices, you know, looking for love in there. But then when your sister was eight, she started praying for a dad because her dad no was no longer in the And, um, you know, he was, he had his own reasons for being broken too. I seem to always navigate to broken people. And, um, she started praying for a dad and a husband for me. And then came the husband, um, MJ, MJ showed up and he was a military man. He was a wonderful man. And we, we went on our first date and exactly 30 days later, we were married and everybody was mad. But what they didn't know is that your sister was praying. I was praying and MJ was praying all separately, but God brought, I'm going to cry. He brought it all together. And, um, he turned out to be this incredible man that not only adopted your sister, instantly wanted to, he just loved me like I've never been loved before, but I was still so broken until one day he turned to me and he said, are you ever going to be happy? And that was just like a punch in the gut. Like, oh, I am living all these hurts still. And at this point I'm 31 and I'm still living all these hurts And man, that one line and him loving me just completely changed my life. And so we went on and had two more children together. And so that's where the five come in. And we had, you know, he wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect, but we had a good marriage and we're so happy. Until one day he came home and literally dropped dead in front of us. And, and I just thought, oh my gosh, my life is over. 
And so, but at that point, I knew Jesus. And I went to God and said, God, this this can't be the end of my life. This can't. I have two young children at home. Your sister was an already adult. Um, the two older sisters were adults. And I had two young children at home that were 12 and 14. And God, man, God came through in a mighty way. And so now we here we are nine years later. And uh, life is... Life is good, but the things of the past no longer control me, but there's still quite sadness and, and, and you being the one, um, having to let you go. That's still a really hard thing for my heart and a really hard thing to, there's shame in it. There's shame in it, but you know we're at this point now and I'm beyond thankful. And, um, so that's really a short version cause there's so much, but that's really a short version. And I'm trying not to cry here, but <laughs> it's a hard, it was a hard life. Yeah. And, you know, I finally, MJ got me to the point of stop making those bad choices. You know, yes, these things happened, but stop making these bad choices because now you're an adult and now these choices are yours. Yeah. What was done to me as a child was not about me. It was choices they were making. It was not a reflection of me. So he really, he really changed my life and, and told me that I changed his life too. So that we just needed each other. I do remember my mom telling me, um, I've talked about it in a previous thing that I knew when you got married. Yeah. And what she told me was that she married a good guy and he's calmed her. Yeah. And he was, he's good for her. Yeah. And I was. remember thinking, Oh, thank God. Like yeah. that. She's, I think, I think everyone thought that they were so oh, angry yeah. when I, when I took off and married him yeah. and then they met him. They're like, Oh wow. She finally yeah. did something right. Yeah. He's a solid dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know. so my mom may never have loved me, but she wound up loving him. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, she um, had to have been the one that told my mom. Yeah. She had to have been the one that, because yeah. I, I don't know who else my mom would have been in contact with, um, right. that he was solid and that he was good yeah. for you. Yeah. So there was that that came, like your mom saw that. She you did. Know. She did. Un- unfortunately, it didn't change her opinion of me, but you know what? It doesn't matter because uh-huh. I had this incredible um, marriage with him. Um, he, I, you know, I, I say he saved my life because we, going back to sister number two's biological father, I remember one time there, that family was chaotic. And I remember one time the police were called for something didn't involve me, but I was there and I was standing to the side. And, um, so the police are there, they deal with whatever they're going to deal with. And I'm just standing outside to the side, like not involved. And as they're walking away, a police officer stopped and turned to me and he said, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You're better than this. And he turned around and walked away. And man, like those impacts, like like God was there all along with me, but I was just so broken. And it took, unfortunately, took to my thirties to really say, oh man, none of that was about me. So why am I now, why am I still making these choices? 
you know, I, I am married to this incredible man. I have this great career. Um, and it just like the world opened up to me and, um, I couldn't go back and change anything in the past. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of hurtful things. I've done foolish, shameful, all these things, but I could just do what I could do now. And, um, and even now, nine years later, I am remarried. So, I mean, I just. To another great guy. Yeah. To another really yeah. incredible guy that, um, loves all of my children, all five of you, as if they're his own loves all the grandchildren that as if they're his own, you know, when you got in contact with me, um, he had to fly to Texas for work. And as he would, he was driving, he called me and he said, I just passed our daughter's exit on the highway. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I just passed Cassie's exit where she lives on the highway. And it just was like, Oh, her daughter. You yeah. Know, he, he's just that kind of a man. Yeah. And, um, I remember him oh. saying something when I sent, I think I sent a picture of my daughter to y'all or something. Yeah. And he said, oh, we have another grandchild. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that yeah. for her. That she yeah. gets that. She yeah. gets my husband's family. She gets my family. She gets y'all. She yeah. gets, you know, yeah. The, yeah, I'm, I love that. I love that he hasn't yeah. even met me in person and he's so welcome yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. When, um, when MJ passed away, my father said, Oh, Lily, you know that he's a once in a lifetime guy. You'll never have anything like that again. And for a split second, I was like, Oh, I know. And and then I said, no, no, that's not true. God has more for me. And, um, he did, he did because you know, like, I never imagined I would find somebody that would love me. Like my husband loves me that would accept my children because, you know, I'm coming into it with a whole lot of baggage, you know, a whole lot of kids, a whole lot of grandkids. And he is just like, yeah, I, I'm all in and well, I'll take it all with you, you know, like, yeah, take it yeah. all on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime any of the kids need anything, he's like, do it, handle it, take care of it. He helps in any way. He, um, he's so proud to show all the pictures of the grandkids and saying, look at my kids, look at my grandkids. And, um, he didn't have any children. Um, we married, you know, I was, when we got together, I was 50 and he was 52. I'm 56 now. So yeah. And, um, he had never had children and his prayer always was to have children. And now he's got a, a boatload of them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So so, so let, I have to ask you this, and I know this is going to be painful for me, but how did it feel knowing you were one of five, but you weren't my first child or my last child? Um, it was painful. Yeah. And um, I'll probably cry, but we have to be honest. Yeah. So these are the ones that I'm not going to enjoy doing, but we right. have to be honest. Right. Um, it hurt. And I think it affects... So my brother was adopted, um, my adoptive brother, but my brother was adopted as he was the first Mm -hmm. that his birth mother had. Right. And I think that is not that it's less pain, like it's every adoptee feels differently about everything, but it's understandable and it's hard to grasp when you're not the first. 
So it always felt like I was the one you didn't want. <sighs> yeah. And it's so um, far from reality. Yeah. Now that I've t- talked to you and heard the stories and my, oh my gosh, my parents would tell me all the time. Oh, she did it because she loves you, which yeah. they, that's a whole separate episode. That oh. is hard for an adoptee to understand because if they did it because they love me, will you tell me you love me too? Are you going to leave me? Yeah. So that's a whole separate episode and we'll do an episode on it, but that probably needs to be taken out of the conversation yeah. for some, some instances, because in a child's brain, you're telling me she did this because she loved me so much. Well, then is everyone who tells me they love me going to leave me? And you know, so it's, it's so, you know, I was told I wasn't loved. You were told you right. were loved. I was told I was so loved. But and the we pain, had, but we went yeah. to the same place of pain. We did. And I made that, very similar choices to you. Yeah. And I had a totally different upbringing. Right. It was like, that's also, a, I wonder if it's a, a DNA thing, because I know people who have had really tough lives and never made decisions like I did. Right. And I right. had a, a relatively... I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew, which that's a whole separate. That's, yeah, we will <laughs> talk about kids, that. Pastors' kids had. <laughs> We're both pastors' kids. Things. Yeah. So that's hard, <laughs> but yeah. that that has its own problems. But to be, so I never felt so. No one in my family ever made me feel like the adopted kid. My cousins treated me like I was their cousin because I am. My brother is my brother. My parents are my parents. No one ever, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents were never treated differently by anyone. And so, and I know that that's not the case for all adoptees, but for us, it wasn't, it was, we were just family. We're just the kids. And, um, so, but it was hard. And then people's reaction when I would tell them, because, you know, when you, when people find out you're adopted, they have a million questions. So right. we'll do a million Q and A's, I'm sure, because people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, are I've had people so curious contact me with some a lot of questions already. Right, I'm really excited to do a Q and A. Yes, they they find find that out, and they're like, "Oh, do you know if you have any siblings?" And I'm like, "Well, I do. I have four. And they're like, "Oh, so they're all younger?" And I'm like, "No, I have a, one older sibling." And they're like, "So always so they." She placed you both for adoption and then kept the younger three. And I'm like, no, just me. And always their reaction kind of breaks my heart because they're like, wow. Like, but they don't, they don't know context because I didn't know context. I didn't know. Right. And I imagine in your little head at the time, it was, oh, it was me. It was me. That was just me. Yeah. It was just me. I was the problem. I was the one. And um, so also in my, in my brain, my child brain, I couldn't fathom that you were still technically married, but getting a divorce, mm-hmm. I assumed that meant I was a product of an affair. Oh. So it, it didn't, um, I always thought that I always thought that's why I was placed because you didn't, and my child brain made up this whole scenario of, because it really wasn't an appropriate conversation for my parents to tell me. So they didn't. Mm-hmm. So my brain went where it went. Right. And so um, my parents are very 
they were always careful with us about age appropriate conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you're 10, that's not really right. And they didn't know what I was thinking. They didn't know I thought I was a product of an affair because I, yeah. I just yeah. didn't talk about that. And so, um, but it so did, you thought yeah. you were a product of an affair and I was just trying to get rid of like get yes hide get rid you of the away? problem like I was the uh, problem. like I was a problem it, and you were going to get rid of the problem and um and you're but my mom always told me also your that it seemed to her that your mom was calling the shots right and she said that from the beginning yeah, but I was, was like right. well of course she was trying to hide me uh-huh. they're a they're a in the eighties. They were a prominent name. Right. So, of course, they're trying to hide me. That's what I thought. Right. And, you know, even my kid brain. And, and I can't me. even tell you, like, honestly, like, I can only tell you where my heart was and what I wanted. Right. Um, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you what my what was going through my mother, because, like, she just made decisions and I had no say. My father had no say. Um, so that's that w- basically that what my mom, she said that your dad seemed like he was not okay with it. He was not. Um, and that, and we'll talk about this in my birth story too. Um, right. That's going to be the next episode we talk about. But my mom said the hardest day of her life, like one of the hardest days of her life was taking me from you. Yeah. Because your mom had to physically push her out the door. Yeah. Because it was so painful for you. And she, yeah, she could see me falling saying, apart. Apparently she kept saying, I can't take her baby. I can't take her baby. And yeah. because you were just a kid. And completely who, broken yeah, in that moment. And yeah. she, and, and, and even though my mom knew this was God's will, yeah. because, because again, we'll talk about it in the birth story, but what are the chances, right. of, you know, how it all happened and my parents had been praying for a child and And where, yeah, where that child was coming from, where the child was coming from and how they got a random phone, you know, it's a whole thing, but she knew, she knew it was God's will. And in that moment, she was like, I can't take her baby. I can't do this to her. And she said it was like a day that should have been, you know, so exciting. It was hard. It was hard because she just saw your pain. And she told me that always growing up, but I, of course you tell your child that to spare them, to spare right. their, feel- I didn't know it was true. Like yeah. I, you know, I just, yeah, it took a lot of years was, to find out it was true. It did. It, it took me 35 years to yeah. realize what she's telling me was because you gave me account of that day, like uh-huh. an account of that day, um, since we've been talking uh-huh. and it's basically mirrored exactly what my mom said happened. Yeah. And I'm like, she was telling me the truth all that time, <laughs> but I thought yeah. she was just trying to spare my feelings. Yeah. Because yeah. I never felt like I was loved. Like I knew that they loved me. Right. But, but again, you know, you tell an adoptee, I, they, she loved you so much. She loved you so much. Well, she, she, I hate to say, but as a kid, you think she gave me away. Like that's right. not, how, that's not the verbiage that we should use, yeah. but that's what you think as a kid. Well, I she loved even... me so much that she, that she gave me away and then. But you, you're telling me you love me too. Or if I annoy you, are you just going to give me away? Right. Like th- that is. That's why I hate 
the given up for adoption. I hate it. I too. prefer placed. placed for adoption. I do too. Because, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, even though I was an adult because I was 20 and right. I should have had it more together. I should have, you know, things should have been different. It, it felt like you were just ripped from me. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 you didn't don't... really get to, even though you were an adult, you didn't get to make the adult decision because no. it wasn't you who made no the decision. No. And it, it was, uh, I mean, you yeah. did because you, you had, where would, I, where, yeah. what are you going to do with the baby? Go be out right. and live in the woods. Yeah. Like, and, and that's pretty much what would have happened yeah. if so I had, had to said make no. the decision, yeah. but yeah, it no. was not a decision that I wanted to have to make. And I was born in, I don't know if we, I don't know if you want to cut this later, but I was born in Tyler, Texas. And in the eighties, there was nothing out there. No, like, no. Well, I actually, like we lived in you nowhere. Lived like, further. Were, yeah. <laughs> Tyler we, was the closest hospital. <laughs> yeah. That t- Tyler was probably yeah. thir- 35 miles away. Yeah. That was the closest town to right. where we lived out in the country. Yeah. Um, and even even after you were born and you were placed and your your mom came and took you home, I was still stuck out there with nothing. And so that's when the, you know, your sis, second sister's dad came along. It was like, "Oh, he's going to save me from this and I'm going to have a good life now." And oh boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um I don't I I, you know, everything really changed when I was like, oh, okay, I'm an adult. These are my choices now. And, um, you know, I knew, I knew it was a God thing. And MJ knew it was a God thing when we got together and got married. Because even I remember my mom saying to him when we went home to visit, um, you know, what, you got married so fast, what made you do it? And he said, I just knew. And I always thought I knew, but there was such a difference between what I thought I knew before. And then when he came along, there was such a different knowing that I don't think I had ever had that feeling before. And, um, yeah, so that's how so much changed. And then, but it was too, I don't know how to say this too late then, you know, you were already placed, you're you know, your older sister was going back and forth. And actually she loved MJ so much. She finally came and lived with us full time. And um, she made that decision to make sure she was there full time. And he also treated her like his own. And if he was here today, he would treat you like his own also. And um, thankfully I have now a husband that's doing that. But I, I'm heartbroken that you spent so many years not realizing how much I love you and how much I wanted you and how it was just (sighs) you you had a, a very broken birth mom and I thank God for your adoptive mom yeah because you know in in a you know I just thank God for them um my mom is solid and yeah. she's always been, it's going to make I know. She's always I understand. been solid. Yeah. And I treated her poorly sometimes. I mean, I know teenagers are brats, whatever, but <laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't fathom 
But your that mom they, knows that they you really, love her. Oh, yeah. She knows. Yeah. She knows because now I bug her all the time. I call yeah. her constantly. And we have a much better relationship because she's told me, she's told me, like, I'll take the annoying phone calls because I thought I would never get them. Yeah. And, and, and is she saying, I told you so at this point? <laughs> she, yes. She yes. can't say she's that. Like, I told you she loved you, <laughs> you know. And, um, yeah, she she's she kind of is like, I mean, I told you all this. And I'm like, I know, but I thought you were protecting me. Yeah, because... Because that's what moms do. Like, yeah. I just thought that... Because, of course, what are you going to tell her? No, she didn't want you, so I took you. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I just thought, you know... And we didn't... Because there was no contact. Um, right. That's We didn't thing. really know anything. I so, had to separate myself from that because the pain was so unbearable to me it was you are theirs you are theirs you are theirs like don't think she's your child don't think about like it was I had to separate and like run from the knowledge because it was so painful right yeah I um I can't imagine what it has to feel like and I've said this in another one I think but the minute they put my daughter on me after having her yeah, later on my chest. And I was like, there's just no way there's no way that no. I don't know that some, some birth moms are different. Yeah. But I know that some people have kids and they totally neglect them and whatever, but I couldn't fathom it in that moment. Right. Okay. There's no way she just said, I don't want this one. And so that kind of is where my mind started to change. Yeah. And, um, it, that was when I was 33. I didn't have my first child until I was 33. So, um, that's how long it took for me to think, you know, that, I don't know, this isn't what I thought it was all this time. You know, and I, I hope there's somebody out there that's going to realize that, you know, you, you can imagine all these things, but until you know, right. you don't know, don't go to the worst. Yeah, so like I worst. often have done that, gone to the worst case scenario. And then I realized what, no, what, yeah. why would I do that? Because I have been proven wrong. It's not the worst case scenario mm-hmm. the majority of the time. Right. So don't let yourself don't go, go there. there. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I do that opposite too. Like I, 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 I always like imagined who my birth father was and now we have an update on him and uh, I'm like, Oh yeah. Not who I thought he was. You know, either way you could be really romanticizing this thing that is not reality right. or, or you could be, I think most people have a tendency though to go to the worst. Um, yeah. And they think every, and they think, you know, things are about them that aren't about them or they think, right. You know, stuff like that. And, I but in your worst and I, yeah. cho- I choose, I choose not to do that anymore. Right. I don't, if somebody is, I don't know, gossiping well, or whatever, it? I assume it's not about me. Even right. if it is, I right. assume it's not because right. I and, have no information and to go on. Even if it is, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who, who cares? cares? I don't care. But like, I have to say in your birth dad situation, we went to the positive place and we maybe should, that's like one yeah, case of like, yeah, maybe yeah, not. That's one case of we'll do an update. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do an update and let you know 
But yeah, I, uh, I just realized until you know, until the facts are yeah. sitting in front of you, yeah. you really can't make an informed decision. And I know as a child, you know, you don't know that. That's how it was that. for me. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know that this was my mom's problem. It, You know, I took it on as, oh, it must be me. You know, right. I could believe everybody else in the world could be so loved except for me. And I should have, you know, not I should have because I was too young to realize. But now I think and I was like, oh, that was about who she was. It had nothing, nothing to do with me. And I took that on and made so many bad choices because I allowed that to get into me and believed the lies that I could not be loved, that I was worthless, that I will never be loved. Um it takes I you a believe- long time to dig out of that. You were 31. Yeah. It took a long time. You were 31 time. and it took MJ saying to you, like, hello. Yeah. Yes. So for me, it was the same thing. Uh, my husband, we've been together. Um, God, we've been together 14 years, but uh, we've known each other since we were 10. So he's known all this. Yeah. You know, he's he's known. He's always known. And he's gone through things with me because we were best friends growing up. And so he's been there. And one day we were married for, I don't know, not that long. And he finally said, you're never happy. And it broke my heart that the person I love most in the world thinks he can't make me happy. Or, and so I had to, it's a, it's a choice. Now I was an adult. We got married at 24. So I was, we had been married for a couple years. So I'm probably 26 when he said that to me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you are so negative and you are never happy. And I look back at my life and I think, oh my gosh, no wonder friendships didn't last. No wonder this did. I was negative. Right. And, and I let, I tend to, I do what you did. I went for friendships that needed fixing. Right. Or that met me at the same place where I was. Well, I was broken. Mm-hmm. So that's not healthy. Yeah. You need people to pull you up, not bring you down. And I, and you need to look at yourself. If you're an adult, Start, I mean, even if you're a kid, you can choose different things. Yes. Yes. You know, you can. And it's hard because your brain isn't even developed yet. But But everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. choice. You can react to it one way or the other way. Yes. Every, like, what happens to you is not a choice. How you react to what happens to you is all you. Yes. And so I had to realize that it broke my heart when he said to me, you're never but happy. Isn't and that I was interesting like, that your husband and my husband mm-hmm. both said the same, essentially the yep. same things and that changed yep. our life. And basically yeah. close in age. I was 26, yeah. 27 when he said it and you were 30, right. 31 when he said yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it took, how long, like that's adult, adult. Yeah. Like, and so how long were we unhappy? Good grief. Right. Like what about, oh. I'm not doing that anymore. So I've talked about it in another in a previous episode that mm-hmm. I was still sitting in anger with someone, right. but it took me so long to, to break the habits. Yes. It's not like, easy. It's not easy. Like he said that to me at 26, 27, something like that, probably. And it still broke my heart. Yeah. said, I'm going to change. I'm changing today. And it still took me till I was 30. Oh yeah. It still took me years when, when yeah. MJ said that to me, you know, it changed me instantly in mm-hmm. that moment, but to fully come out of it took a mm-hmm. long time. And thankfully 
he really did love me and he right. stuck with me through it. Yeah, I remember not too long before he passed away. He's like, you just have no idea how much I love you. And like, that's how he was our whole 16 mm-hmm. years. Like he just loved me through it all and stood by my side. And I mean, that's world changing. Um, that's world changing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. I, I yeah. think that it matters. I think your circle matters. I think you, who you hang around with matters. It does. It does. And I think, it does. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't, that kind of stuff I, matters. I can't do the, the negative. And now it's funny because something's going on in our life. And, um, my husband's like, you're just so calm. Like, and I'm like, yeah, like, what am yeah. I going to do? It'll work itself out. I'm I yeah. like, I, I went from always stressed and always trying to fight for myself to, mm-hmm like our home is so peaceful and calm and, you know, I can't manipulate life. I can't, you know, I can only choose how I respond to the things that happen around me. And, um, you know, yeah, same with me. So I still get really fight or flighty a little bit. Like when mm -hmm. something goes on, I'm like, Oh, you know, fight or flight. But then I step back and I think, okay, did I do something wrong in this situation? Okay. Right. If the answer is yes, I need to apologize. If the answer is no, then I need to take a step back and let that person deal with what they're dealing with and be there for them. Right. And let them know when you're ready to talk, we can talk, whatever. But I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to sit in it and I'm not going to be anxious about it. And I'm not going to sit around and be like, oh, this so-and-so is mad at me. Like, I just not, it's not, I'm not doing it. And that's why I was always so negative. I think I was always worried about other people's reactions to things that I was, that would happen. Well, that's their reaction. That's not my business. What, you know, if I did something wrong, I need to apologize. Other than that, it's not my business. Yeah. I think for me, like I was running around, like trying to prove I'm somebody and, and I am important and I am lovable that I just let everything make me mad if they just did one little Mm -hmm. thing. And, and now I'm just. I just go, well, okay, whatever. That's about them. That's not right. about That's a me. Them thing. Yeah. Right. And I hope that, I hope they know I love them and I'll let them know that I love them and right. keep it pushing because right. I didn't, you know, right. Um, which is kind of the situation with the family member that I don't talk to anymore. That yeah. they, you know, so I always, you know, wanted all that and. Then yeah. I realized, it, it, it's a hard reality, but yeah. n- now you know how to handle it. Yeah. So, and um, that's what I'm so thankful that came out of this whole thing. It's just like right. chaos and mess and pain and hurts, but there is, but you come out of it. If you choose to come out, you come out on the other mm-hmm. side, if you choose to, and that's what you and I both have done. And man, there's been a lot of pain in the past, but I, I look back and I just think I, I can't change it. I won't, you know, I can't change it. And I can only do what I can do this day forward. And that's what I'm choosing to do now. And I, and I'm so incredibly sorry that you felt like I didn't love you because I very much love you, Cassie. I always have, and I always will. You know, you know, one of our first text conversations before we even talked on the phone, Mm -hmm. I said, it's going to make me cry again. Dang. I said, I hate crying. I hate it. It's my least favorite activity. Um, I said, I didn't even know if you would like me. 
and you said, like you, I've loved you your whole life. Yeah. And it changed everything for me. Oh, changed yeah. 35 years for me. And yeah. I hate that I wasted so much time being mad and hurt and broken, but it made me who I am. I'm so strong. Yeah. Like, and I am so understanding when people are going through things because I get it. Yes. And I'm we've so, been through it. We've been through it. And there's nothing. Somebody could tell me that they, that they came and made this horrible decision and they will get no judgment from me. Right. None. And I love that about myself. And because I've probably done it. <laughs> like I, there's probably not yeah. anything that you've done that yeah. I can do. And yeah, you're going to get nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. but love from me. You're because... going to get nothing but love from me because yeah. you screwed up. Okay. I screwed up all the time. Yeah. I still screw up all the time. I, I, I can't, screw up and I... I can't think of one person who has never made a mistake. <laughs> right. So, and then, you know, yeah. so I love that that's who it made me. Yeah. It, it shaped our whole experience shaped exactly who I am today at 35. Right. And and that's so, how I look back and I, I, I don't, I, um, I, I love my mom. Right. But I, I don't, I don't look back and, and hate. I just think, okay, you know what? This is who I am now. Be thankful because, you know, I, I'm thankful for the lessons. I hate that I'm a person that has to go through lessons, yeah. but I'm now thankful that I've learned these lessons and I can freely love and freely be loved. Mm-hmm. And man, that's like, oh, I can't even explain how incredible that feels. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. We would love for you to follow, hit the follow button, come um, see us on Twitter and Instagram at 35 years podcast. Ask any questions that you want answered here on the podcast. So until next Tuesday, keep smiling. Bye.